Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to What? That Old Queen, a candid and adult take on queer life quandaries at a certain age. So please listen at your own discretion. Presented by Bernie and Tommy, their views are their own and in no way reflect those of any service you may hear this program on. Now, let your ears be upstanding for the <coughs> old queens. doing Tommy I'm not bad I'm under a blanket <laughs> it's it's a chilly night tonight <laughs> how's your week been uh busy um I did a workshop with um some young queer artists mm. um helping them to develop some short cabaret pieces and um there were five participants and then there was two producers a photographer and a technician there as well. Oh, wow. So it was quite heavy in the sort of facilitation department. <laughs> and the technician was um, a straight man, and obviously he was feeling probably a little bit uncomfortable with the queerness of the room. Right. And I set them an automatic writing exercise, which he wanted to take part in. And then he wrote a sort of piece of automatic writing that was, like, about why he was the only straight man in the room and stuff like that. And it was just really weird. Oh, wow. I didn't really know how to respond to that. No. Oh, well, you know, now he knows how we feel. Yeah. <laughs> How's your week been? It's, uh, it's been a bit up and down, but uh, it's getting better. So November is not my best month, but now it's December. It's, mm. it's fine. So, yeah, and uh, I've had a little rummage around the Cabinet of Curiosities. Oh yeah, for our feature this week. So, should we, should we enter, and see what's there? I think we should. We haven't been in there for a while. No, it's been a long time. It smells a bit musty, as usual. Going over to the film section. 
um, because I came across uh, because we all like a film at Christmas, right? Well, at least one a night, right? And so it's the filming season. So I thought I'd rummage around, um, and I found an article about queer period films to watch and be thankful for this holiday season. Right. But what's missing from this is House of Gucci because it's just come out. But you've recently seen that, haven't you? I saw it on Monday. Yeah, yeah. And what did you think? Uh, well, I have got completely not used to being in a cinema. Um, I'm used to watching films where I'm looking at my phone and quite often when I watch those sort of films, I'm checking out what the real people look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to see who, how they look with people playing them. Yeah, and I couldn't really do that in the cinema. Right. Um, but I, I, I did enjoy it. It was quite long. Was it? Yeah. Is but it very camp? It is camp, but I would say... The campery is peppered rather than th- th- through the whole thing. Right. Okay. There's some really camp lines. Of course. And apparently um, Lady Gaga improvised some of those camp lines as well. I wouldn't put it past her. <laughs> Me neither. But hopefully there's some that you recognise and are some of your favourites. And talking of favourites, the first one that I can find on the shelf is the favourite. Yes. Which is also one of my favourites. <laughs> it's a very good film, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is Lady Sarah, Rachel Wise and Abigail Emma Stone are rivals who aggressively vie for the love and favour of Queen Anne, played by Olivia Colman, in the 18th century England in this darkly hilarious film directed by Yorgos Lanthimos who knows if I've pronounced that right or not. <laughs> I'm sure he does. <laughs> what did you think of this film? I love the film, and I was really primed because uh, a few years ago I had a residency at a National Trust House. Right. And my sort of... What I was trying to do was uh, shine a light on some queer stories that were in the property. Right. And it was very difficult to find out, like, people that actually lived in the house and what their stories were if they were pertaining to LGBT stuff. Mm. But um, in the house uh, that I was working in called Hanbury Hall, it had a massive mural that was sort of um, loads of figures from the Greek gods, which there's a lot of them that are a bit queer, and also sort of contemporary figures of the day when the picture was painted or the mural was painted. And it features Queen Anne and Lady Sarah and Abigail in a sort of little bit of a love triangle. And so I made a little performance about them. And this was before The Favourite, so I felt very like, oh, I know this story. You were on trend. I was pre-trend, yeah. Pre-trend. What I loved about it, it was that it was a real, like, this is how period dramas should be made in the 21st century Mm. I felt because it was really accessible Mm. like you could identify with all those characters and I think didn't that when they had a ball they had like modern music played in a kind of historical way yeah let's put it that way yeah and I yeah I just loved the whole thing grotesque in a really great way yeah really Mm. grotesque Mm. but also yeah darkly funny Mm. yeah loved it but we'll go back a bit more because that's relatively modern I mean it's a few years old Going back to when, uh, like the 80s, another country. 
Yes. Uh, which I think I first saw on Channel 4. Back in the day. Yeah. When they were all on Channel 4. Yeah. Yeah. Rupert Everett and Carrie Ewells star as lovers in this film set in the 1930s, based on the life of a double agent, Guy Burgess. And it focuses on his time at school and his romance with fellow student James Harcourt. I mean, the overriding memory of that film, I can't remember very much about that film at all, mm. apart from The Ladder and Scudder. Oh, no, that's Maurice, which oh. we'll come on to. Oh, we're coming on to, sorry. <laughs> Later. But mm. it's easy to get those two mixed up because yeah. they were out at a similar time. And don't they both have Rupert Everett or not? I can't not? remember whether Rupert Everett is in Maurice or not. But again, yeah, I loved it. it pub, that public school boy thing. I think when I was younger, I being younger, working class and being gay, being in a public school seemed quite romantic mm. as a teenager. I don't know if you felt the same way. It felt like, oh gosh, if I was, I think I was rich in a boarding school, <laughs> wearing like a straw boater. Yeah, it all seemed very romantic, mm. uh, but probably for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Probably isn't romantic at all. The, this next one is one which I've I've not heard. I don't think I know this one. Christopher and His Kind. Based on a true story, this film captures how British-American author Christopher Isherwood, played by Matt Smith, and his German bo- boyfriend, Heinz, Douglas Booth, met and fell in love during the 1930s again. There's a lot of it about in the 1930s, isn't there? Mm. Set against a backdrop of the rise of Nazism. I think I have seen this, but a long time ago again. I don't think I've seen that one. Well, that's one to watch in Christmas time, isn't it? And uh, Shall I do the next one? You do the next one. Okay, this is Tipping the Velvet. Um, this Victorian lesbian romp is based on the Sarah Walters best-selling novel of the same name. Protagonist Nan follows the girl she loves into the theatrical world of London, which takes her on a journey of self-discovery and true love. Now, I remember this as well. It was a long time ago, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I remember it being quite shocking at the time for the audiences, because they were... I think it's where it's placed within the viewing because it yeah. was probably a Sunday night and it was very... Yeah, it was, I think... Has uh, that primetime slot. Yeah, but it was it was really good and quite groundbreaking for its time, I think. Mm. Why don't you do the next one as well? Uh, Wild. So Stephen Fry stars as the famous, uh, famed queer writer Oscar Wilde in this tale about him discovering his homosexuality with the help of his boyfriend, Lord Alfred Douglas, who was played by Jude Law. Yeah. I felt like Stephen Fry, this was the part that he was born to play Mm. in many ways. I thought he was really good in it. Have you seen the Rupert Everett? I have, yeah, which is for a different part of his life. It's Mm. kind of like the end of his life, isn't it, when he's, after he comes out of prison, which, again, I think was brilliant. I did a sort of monologue at school that was focusing around like Oscar Wilde's last part of his life. And it was like, he said things like, I have loved only two things in my life, the eternal beauty of art and a certain smooth type of bum. (laughs) No doubt there's a connection between the two somewhere, though I fail to see it at the moment. (laughs) I think the museum bums might have something to say about that. (laughs) But again... Uh, loved it. I thought it was great. 
Next one is Bessie, which one I haven't seen. This biopic tells the story of legendary bisexual blues singer Bessie Smith and includes her relationship with her lover Lucille, a fictional character who stands in for Smith's real-life lovers. So it's kind of like, it's not a true biopic. It's got a bit of artistic license mm. by the sounds of it. But it looks really interesting. I think I'm, I'm going to definitely dip into that. Well, they did that one with the with Kate Winslet and the Fossils. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they made up her to have a, a lesbian love affair. Oh, right. But it wasn't ever, ever um, documented that that well, happened. But in a way that sometimes you do in your... It's like mm. where there's a gap, you kind yeah. of fill it with the clues which have been left around the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all for it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I hope someone does that about my life because it'll be far more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> they might have to take a few things out. Bernie. They probably will, yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to do the next one? Um, so this is Maurice. Yeah. Yeah, getting confused with another country. Um, based on the E.M. Foster novel of the same name, Maurice is a gay love story set in the early 20th century England and follows Maurice Hall from his uh, life in school until he finds his life partner. Yeah. Again, I remember seeing this on Channel 4 and this was a bit of a turning point for me in my sexuality. I think it made me realise that this is definitely who I am and what I am. And it the book that it's based on was released posthumously, wasn't it? Because he didn't reveal his sexuality before he died. Okay, yeah. Um, so I have the book of this as well. But but yeah, uh, a Scudder was also a um, a little fantasy of mine. <laughs> uh, so the next one is the world to come. So during the mid nineteenth century in rural upstate New York. Farmer's wives, Abigail, Catherine Waterston, and Tally, Vanessa Kirby, strike up a passionate affair. Wow. I don't know this one, but again, I think it might be one that I have to dip into. No, I don't know over that Christmas. One I quite like the setting. What's the one that we had that was set a couple of years ago that was set in a northern farm over here? What was it called? That wasn't another country. It was God's Country yes, or something? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that was very good. It'd be, be interesting to see how similar it is. And that was written by the same person with the Kate Winslet Fossils one. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, excellent. Uh, so the Kate Winslet Fossils one also should be on this list. <laughs> Why don't you do the next the, one? Um, the next one is A Single Man, based on a novel by uh, Christopher Isherwood of Christopher and His Kind. The film follows George Faulkner... Colin Firth, after the death of his partner, um, his intent to is to end his life. But over the course of a night, his interactions with others change his perspective. These include uh, a Cuban gigolo and one of George's students who has taken a powerful interest in him. Mm. And, of course, his glamorous next-door neighbour. Yeah. I mean, this film is just so classy to watch. Everything is just beautiful, isn't it? And it reminded me of the style of it was very Hitchcock, I thought, which was another thing that mm. drew me to this film. So, yes, I think it's definitely one that I'd want to watch again. And Tom Ford is in 
not the real Tom Ford, but a character playing him is in the House of Gucci. Ah, okay. As and a very young sort of Texan with lots of ideas about fashion. And do you like a Tom Ford fragrance as you used to work on a perfume counter? I do very much, yeah. Yeah. It's a bit above my budget, really. Uh, mine too, but yeah. there's plenty of knockoffs, right? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he do a vetiver? I think he does. I think yeah. he does, yeah. yeah. And the final one is The Handmaiden, a gorgeous psychological thriller directed by Pa Chan Wook, is based on the novel Fingersmith by Sarah Walters. But instead of taking place in the 1800s, in 1800s England, the story has been moved to Japanese occupied Korea, where the twisty and erotic plot plays out. Again, artistic license. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm loving mm. <laughs> with a lot of these. Uh, I've not seen this. I mean, it, it's a bit weird that, I mean, most of the lesbian ones we haven't seen. <laughs> so we need to, we need to catch up on that. I did see the rebel dykes of London. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah how was that? It was brilliant. Yeah. It's a documentary. Um, and uh, it sort of follows uh, a group of women probably from the 80s. Yeah, yeah I think it was um, 80s. And, uh, and it did have uh, a recreation of the seminal moment where a group of um, lesbians that were protesting against Clause 28 broke into BBC Studios and Sue Lawley was like still reading the news and she was like, I think that we have somewhat of an invasion. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember seeing that. I remember watching it on telly. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. So, there you go. There's your feast of festive LGBTQIA plus um, period dramas that you need to watch this season. So we're, we'll, we'll leave the Cabinet of Curiosities okay. one more time and I'll invite the cleaners in before we come in again next time. Okay. have an old that door we should do one that's sort of like more like old school hollywood camp stuff. yeah definitely there's a lot of that in there <laughs> just need to go further back yes and maybe some classic episodes of dynasty so camparama is a instagram account which i follow a lot and they're constantly posting pictures of crystal and joan fighting now, classic. Crystal always wins because it's Crystal. And I keep saying to people that that's like me and you before we do a podcast. I'm Joan, you're Crystal. <laughs> but you always win because <laughs> you're Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> I love Crystal. I know. Yeah, she's one of my faves. And um, yeah, I'd always support her over Alexis. But I'm kind of keen to get Joan Collins' new book. Yeah. Have you looked about have you read about it? No, but she she's doing a tour soon, isn't she? I, I think so. It was it was I was bombarded with adverts on my Instagram. It <laughs> doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> right, we are gonna have a little break now and we'll be back after this.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Right, so we're back. Um, usually we have a guest at this point. <laughs> But we knew this would happen one day. <laughs> but our guest has been abducted. I'm so, still hopeful. Uh, I mean, it could happen. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna have. We're gonna. We've done a little impromptu snack out of it. Yeah. Uh, which you have. What what delights have you have you brought? <laughs> I've lost the. Rapper, <laughs> it's basically octopus. It's octopus, mm. um, gazpacho. Mm. Okay, I've never had this before. What do you think it looks like? Can you describe it um, to our listeners? It well, it looks like sliced radish, bizarrely, doesn't mm, it? I know what you mean. It's got a slimeness about it, it's slimy, it looks mm. quite herby mm. and white, mm. obviously. Octopi are quite uh, topical at the moment because they've been classed as a sentient being by the UK government recently. And does that mean, for example, that we, we might have to be more humane in the way that we treat them? Mm. I think that's, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons for doing it. So it's about treating certain animals humanely because they have self-awareness and they're quite intelligent. Should we have Not a pie? But I do, I mean, I love calamari, so, mm. I mean, I feel a little bit guilty about eating them, but they are usually delicious, but I've never really had this. So let's tuck in and see what you think. What made you, what made you put this in your basket in Lidl? 
Little's just have got like a special kind of Christmas selection of sort of things that you might have at a party, and I thought they might be fun. Mmm. I mean, it's quite fresh tasting, isn't it? Mmm. You can taste the sea. Mmm. I mean, I normally like my squid, octopi, deep fried yeah. in batter. Anything's better deep fried in batter. Yeah. But maybe that's my Scottish heritage in me. <laughs> uh, I think that's. I think it tastes great. It looks a bit like something that you might find in the "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here" being thrown at you. Yeah, I mean, it's not crawling out mm. of the. It's definitely dead, mm. so it's not crawling out of the bowl. And uh, but it, it's it's rather lovely. I kind of like it. I think it'd be nice with some crusty bread, actually. Mm. Because I'm from the southeast, we put a lot of shellfish um, in vinegar, mm. <laughs> like cockles and mussels. Do you and think there could be more vinegar? I'm kind of, in my mind, I'm missing the vinegar because <laughs> I feel like a little bit of vinegar might help this. But it smells, mm, it smells quite fishy as well, doesn't it? It's, I'm going to go for one more round. Yeah. It's good brain food, right? Is it high in protein? I think it's definitely high mm. in protein. It's probably quite healthy for you. And um, gazpacho. I've never really I've never really had that. Well, I've had like vegetable gazpacho before. That just means cold, yeah? Yeah, so it's sliced up tomatoes and peppers and onions and Yeah. Which again, I think is a little bit vinegary. But maybe I'm misremembering that. My idea of a gazpacho is just a sort of chilled tomato and cucumber soup. Yeah, it's a cold soup, isn't it? Mm. And talk us through the wine that we're drinking, because that might be of interest to the listeners. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Pinot Grigio, a Coley Doc. Uh, it's from 2020, pronunciation Brial. It's got vigour or vivacity of style or performance. She danced with an amazing Brio. And it's Italian. And uh, it's, uh, it's one of my Naked Wines batch, which I hadn't, I don't think I'd had before, but it is, it's really delicious, isn't it? When you arrived, I was just about to put an order in. With some wines. <laughs> I saw that on your computer screen. <laughs> Is this your Christmas order? I think Do you think it will last until Christmas? I'm hoping so, yeah. Yeah, because I've just done a Christmas order, mm. which should be arriving tomorrow. I've been invited to, you know, because I'm sort of freelance, really, I've been invited to, like, four Christmas parties with organisations that I'm connected with. Really? Can't go to any of them, because I'm working. Well, a lot, um, so my, because I work for the watershed now, mm. part-time in Bristol, and we were meant to have our Christmas due next week mm. on Monday, but they've cancelled it because of uh, Omicron. Mm. I'm hoping another variant doesn't cancel Christmas <laughs> in general. But I guess if it must, it, it, it has to. But mm. um, it, it does seem a bit of a shame. Mm. There you go. We're still not out of the woods of this virus yet. No, that's for sure. Anyway, 
Should we do some Queens of Agony? Shall we? I've, uh, <laughs> I've actually got an extra question for us, so we can do five questions tonight. Okay. Let's, let's do my little gong. Dear old Queens and Bernie and Tommy. <laughs> Scared to say I love you to a platonic fellow gay friend. So I'm fortunate enough to have um, a few very close friends. My gal pal and I often say, love you, before hanging up or, part, uh, or parting. But my best guy friend, a gay male like me, we rarely say this. We definitely both love each other in a platonic way, but it feels weird to say those words. I understand this hesitation with straight guy friends, but it seems odd to happen when we're both gay. So, just curious if the old queens have this experience. If so, what do you think about it? I mean, I have that experience because I don't think we said I love you very much when we were growing up, Mm. really. Like, it wasn't that that wasn't... We weren't... I think we definitely felt that we were loved. Yeah. But we wouldn't... It it wasn't something that we would say to each other. Yeah. And some people say to me, you know, when they're hanging up on the phone, they say, I love you. And I always find that... A bit weird. A bit weird. And I've been trying to embrace it more recently. Because before I was just saying yes. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think it's something about being British? as well because we're not very good at showing it expressing our feelings i think it's definitely i do find it a bit weird that still as gay men we some of us find it difficult to talk about our feelings with each other uh and experiences and we're quite guarded about that you um, by the way your beard is glistening with octopus juice <laughs> <laughs> it's my new beard oil <laughs> i'm gonna have to my beard shampoo out tonight um <clears throat> so <laughs> that's gonna be a nice for the cab ride home isn't it <laughs> with my mask on <laughs> i don't have a problem telling people that i love them if the if it even if it's a platonic thing mm. but i guess it feels a bit weird i think sometimes the lines get a bit blurred with gay friends doesn't it because so, you might end up Sucking their cock. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I think <laughs> no, not not necessarily. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like I do love all of my friends. Yeah, mm. but I also hate them as well. Yeah, There's, I mean, I'm so irritated <laughs> by all my friends as well. Thanks, thanks Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that also happens. But it's like family, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, you love them, hate them. Mm. Yeah. But I don't. I don't think I have. A, I don't necessarily have a problem with telling people uh, that I love them. But I think some people that I say it to have a problem with me saying it. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm getting better at it. But mm. I did find it a bit like well, I don't know how to say like what to yeah. say. Do I say I love you back? Because I wasn't planning on saying that. Yeah. <laughs> what was it you said before that you said? Yes. 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, if someone says they love me, I go, well, I love you too. I mean, it's normally when... Actually, Timberlina often says, I love you. Right. But not in that way. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's the caveat. <laughs> I think Timberlina has it right. You know, I love you, but not in that way. Uh, that, you know, and if you do love them in that way, you can go, I, I love you and also in that way. Mm. And then, you know, it's all up front and out in the open. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's what we think about it. <laughs> Any more to add to that? I love you. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Dear old queens, surprises or gifts for someone you're dating? Oh, this is right up my right? cul-de-sac. So, it seems the guy I match with from an app is definitely mutual and real. We both really like each other, but we've only been dating for a couple of weeks now. How soon before gifting or surprises can be happening? I'm quite inexperienced with dating. I was thinking about giving him a surprise and taking him out to a pop-up Christmas bar, but not sure if that's too soon. We're both scared to get hurt and have talked about our feelings before. What do the old queens think? No, what do you think, Tommy? I I quite like buying someone that you're dating a present because hmm. it sort of has a connection with what you might want as well. <laughs> <laughs> I've already. I'm going to buy you this because I actually want it. <laughs> well, I quite like. I quite like, especially this time of year. Mm. I I do like to see a man in a sort of comedy. Christmas underwear pant. Like Who doesn't? A, a reindeer or, mm, or, or something. An elephant. Yeah, yeah, something similar. Yeah. So I'm already thinking, I know I've only been on a date once with you, but I'm going to start to... I'm going to buy you I'm going to buy you some underwear. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you... Ha- I mean, you have been dating someone, haven't you? Ish. Ish, yeah. Would you buy them underwear as a prerequisite for sex? I'd buy them the underwear and then and then they say you're going to put it on. Yeah, and then that might manifest into yeah. sex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone's done that to me before. <laughs> A few times. Um, I, I don't think it... I think, like, going out for a surprise drink at Christmas, if you're dating, is quite a nice thing, isn't it? I don't think that's too much. No. I think maybe... I think we get a bit hung up on... I mean, if you, if you buy someone a yacht after you've been dating them for a couple of weeks, that maybe is a bit too much. I mean, I wouldn't mind it, but <laughs> personally... I haven't got anywhere to put a fucking yacht. <laughs> well, um, well, the marina's lovely <laughs> in Bristol. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's an extreme mm. version. But I guess, yeah, you. I think like little surprises are fine. It's like you don't want to be buying them like a... A big present too soon. So I just saw like these purple satin pants on ASOS that were two ninety nine. I thought I'd just buy them just in case. That's great, but I th- yeah, I think people are a bit uh, like they don't want to commit to stuff, do they? And I think they I do just get don't want to spend any money. Well, <laughs> but I think like a little present is fine. But even sometimes that people get mm. uptight about. Mm. 
Hmm. I think if it's little and throw away, that's great. But I wouldn't go buying a Mullinex, you know, food blender for them on the third date. <laughs> that was the first thing that came into your mind. <laughs> well, you know, I quite like a Mullinex food blender. <laughs> I'm intrigued by this next question. Yes, I thought you might be. Well, it's just the title. I haven't read the question. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably quite good we don't have a guest, actually, because <laughs> this one's pushing the mark a little bit. The Dear Old Queens, rimming and kissing. So I've never been rimmed before, but a guy I've been talking to has commented that he wanted to eat me out. Mm. I think it's probably a bit of mental block, but I'm still wrapping my head around the fact that he wants to do this, but then also probably wants to keep kissing me. Is it pretty standard stuff? Am I wrong to feel a little anxious to try that for the first time? So he's worried about someone going down on him and rimming him mm. and then kissing him. And kissing, yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. I just think you need to disconnect the two actions th- and enjoy them for the separate entities that they are. Well, yes, and also it's sex, which is a bit... I mean, you're sharing bodily fluids, aren't you? Mm. And actually, statistically, there's more bacteria in your mouth than there is in your anus. Speak for yourself. <laughs> So, I wouldn't. I mean, it's all in the moment, isn't it? If you're carried away with in the heat of passion, mm. why would you not want someone? It doesn't matter, does it? It's like no, I'm happy with it. Both, either, or which is one of them. What I would say is make sure you get your Hep B booster. Okay, because that's you know that's one of the things. If you're going to be rimming and doing that kind of stuff, you should have a Hep B jab. So go to your local gum clinic and get that done and not worry about it. Top tips here. Uh, yeah. Have you had your hep B? Well, when I was there, they asked me and I said I don't remember. And then they checked and I think they said it was fine. Okay. I, t- I, said, the, I said, yes, I've had it. <laughs> but I said it was a long time ago. And they went, have you had a booster? And I was like, I have no idea. And they went, okay, we'll give you a booster. Um, I got a text today from NHS saying I, I now am allowed to book my booster for COVID. Great. I've, I had mine last week. Mm. But actually, before the just b- before the record of the last episode. And I'm having my flu jab next how did, week. How did it make you feel? I, m- I was a bit knocked out the next day, but then I was fine. Because I'm thinking I won't do it for a couple of weeks. Yeah. My, so I've got if, too much on. If you don't have a day free... Mm. I'd, yeah, because you won't feel quite mm. right for a day. I mean, it affects people in different ways, but I was fine after, a, like, 24 hours. Mm. But I was saying to a friend of mine, my left arm's had more pricks in it than I have all year. So, because <laughs> 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 I've had three COVID jabs, mm. <laughs> a hep B booster, a flu jab, and uh, a couple of blood tests. So... You know, uh, I'm I'm surprised I can still move my left arm. <laughs> yeah, 
You're doing a grand job. Uh, I know. It's uh, well. It's my third arm that I'm using tonight. This one is also. This next one is also right up your street. Oh yeah. I feel. Mm. Dear old queens, when did you last change your perfume slash fragrance? <laughs> As we all know, or at least the majority, our taste in perfume changes and evolves with our age. Whatever you were using when you were in your 20s is probably completely different from what you're using right now. So when did you change it and what was the reason? Do you remember the exact moment when you said, I'm going to try a new one? Was it hard for you or are you still using the same as always? In my case, I've changed perfume three times in my life compared to other guys I've met. That's probably nothing. So, how many times have you changed your perfume? I don't actually know how many times. I've changed it quite a lot. Um, I change it seasonally, so I've got like a summer one and a, and a, a winter one. Oh, that's interesting. Um, because the summer one's usually like zesty and a bit sort yeah. of like a citrusy, ber- bergamotty. Yeah, yeah, love the bergamot flavour. But when when I heard you read that question, I was thinking back to when I was very young Mm. i used to really wear very heavy fragrances Mm. like opium and stuff like that oh wow and i I used to really like them but i don't think i'd wear them anymore no i think it's too heavy what did i I used to wear the hugo boss i can't even remember what it was called it was in Mm. the blue bottle Mm. years ago which was kind a little bit musky yeah but it used to it used to last all day, but it smelt different at the end of the day than it did at the beginning. Mm. Then I used to wear Clinique Happy for men. Which is a nice summertime one. It's, that's a really nice mm. summer one, which I uh, I may go back to for the mm. summer. But Which smells a bit like the... Is it Aventura or Aventurist or something? Mm, I don't know. Because I've worn that recently. Uh but, I mean, I change it all, because uh, I, I love Bulgari, mm. and I've, I've worn all of their Bulgari men perfumes probably over the last five years. I used to get my fragrance, well, when I worked in perfumery, I'd always get a free bottle for if I sold well, and I yeah. always sold really well, so I was always, like, had stuff. Um, but since then, I, I have to buy my own. unless you go on a date with someone and they give it to you as a present on the third date that hasn't happened okay yeah i used to go on this website called cheap sense yeah they've changed the name now which i can understand why they did yeah but i used to like it being called cheap sense (laughs) what's it called now is it called sense Uh, it's called something like beauty beauty something well, I've tried those. I mean, it's probably wrong to call them knockoff sites, but they kind of, they kind of try to be mm. more expensive. I love it when the a fragrance they, they they do a knockoff fragrance, and the like the Fahrenheit was called Faraday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there is a company called Sense. I've tried a lot of these, like meant to smell like real scents, like perfumes, and. They're all a bit shit. But I tried this one called Scents the other day, and I just bought a little one. And it was meant to be like 
the same smell as oud wood. And I thought it was really nice. And I think I might buy it again. Mm. And it goes quite well with my Bulgari Glacier, which I bought recently. What is the Glacier? It's it's kind of sweet. It's it's got so, that. Do you mean you're blending the two? Yeah. So it's got that oh. Bulgari man kind of base, but mm. it's got a uh, kind of freshness on mm. top, uh, which I thought was quite a nice winter. But then the oud wood with it just gives it an extra kind of. It gives it more body. So I I quite like having a bit of the two, which is probably really expensive. <laughs> but yeah, some people don't like wearing scent. Like they like a just a natural man smell, don't they? Yeah, I'm not one of those people. I remember one of the women that I worked with in perfumery was always always said, "I like to wear a perfume that when you leave the room, they can still smell you." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's an awful lot of perfume that you're putting on. I'm, I mean, I just have a little, like, what do they call them? Evaporator uh, or yeah, um, spritzer or whatever, like a handbag one. Yeah, and then as you leave, you just spray it, <laughs> spray it behind you, <laughs> like a skunk, <laughs> clenched between your cheeks. Yeah, clenched between my buttocks. <laughs> what other perfumes do you like? Um, I like. I'm going in for more uh, octopus. I mean, a load of the ones that I used to like have been discontinued. I loved Chic by Nina Rishi. Mm. Um, and I wore that a lot because I worked for Nina Rishi. And I worked for Prada and I used to wear Prada men all the time. Do you wear women's perfume as well as men's? As occasionally. Yeah. But not very often. Yeah. Mm. I don't like sweetness and I don't really like... Su- well, I do like sweet food, but I, I'm more of a savoury person. I think that mm. sort of relates to fragrances I've always liked, smoky, mm. nutty, woody flavours. Yeah, yeah I'm, I think I'm the same uh, as, I get, as I get older. Mm. I but like I'd also like the lemony fresh ones as well. Yeah. But I they need to have a, a base note of something that is sandalwood or... Yeah. Know. What are you wearing at the moment? I don't know if I'm wearing anything at the moment, but usually I'm wearing vetiver. Mm. Yeah, a Guerlain one. I like Guerlain. Mm. They're sort of a classic, really. They've got a few classics. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully we've given you some inspiration for Christmas or dating gifts. Mm. <laughs> we've got a, f- a final question, uh, which is our extra question. Dear old queens, hooking up at the airport maybe i'm inexperienced but i've been talking to a guy who wants to have sex at the airport while we're waiting for a plane (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know logistically how we do that also i'm not about to get on the no fly list what's the weirdest place you've been asked to have sex in (laughs) what is the no fly list is it for like people that aren't able to fly because they've had sex in the well i don't know maybe they've just said you can't fly (laughs) because you yeah you've had but yeah maybe you get banned from flying but but isn't there a thing like the mile high club where you have sex in the toilet on the plane yeah i mean i'm not sure 
I mean, we, we should ask some of our um, air hostess and steward friends. Like Karen McLeod might know a bit about this. I would imagine that they get so bored of that question that they wouldn't want to <laughs> even entertain it in their mouth. Well, do you know what? I've never, I know quite a few uh, stewards and stewardesses, mm. and I've never thought to ask them. Because you're too busy having sex with uh, them. Until. <laughs> Too busy having sex in the toilet on the plane. <laughs> but it's a bit of a kink, isn't it? Having like having sex in an area where you might get caught. Mm. Have you ever done that? I've had sex in a sauna mm. that was like a public gym for everybody sort of thing. Well, mm. It wasn't everybody. It was a... So I was seeing a guy who who lived in a sort of luxury flat in London mm. and on their flat they had a, like their own gym for the whole flats. Right. So we had gym, we had, we had a gym, <laughs> we had sex in those flat in that gym. Right. Okay. So anyone could have walked in, I suppose. Yeah. I've not had sex on a plane. I've had sex on a ferry going to France. <laughs> In what part of it? In the amusement arcade? Uh, not in the amusement... No, we found, like, a secluded part. I think you were the amusement arcade. <laughs> <laughs> I was the one on bandit. <laughs> you were the slot machine. <laughs> um, yeah, it was... Obviously, when I was a lot younger and more naive, but and more horny than I am today. Uh, so, yeah, I was with... I was, yeah, I had quite... A uh, hot boyfriend who used to like used to like having sex in places where he might get caught, mm. and that was one of them. So, but we'd we'd have sex outside and in his car and things like that because I think he he got turned on by that. Good for him. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've had sex in an airport. The closest I've got to having sex in an airport is that it coming back from a holiday with a boyfriend, and we were so sunburnt we had to go into the toilet together and. Put after sun on both of us, <laughs> which wasn't very sexual at all. Mm. Um, we didn't get on the no fly list because of that. But what do you what do you think about sex in places where you might unusual places? I mean, I'm sort of all for it, really. Mm. I wouldn't. I mean, if I walked down the street and I saw two people having sex, mm. what would I think? I don't know. I would just be like, I think I would be like. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't go get a room? No, I no. Think no, but then I think probably I should... I mean, I wouldn't want everyone to do it. No. But there was a video that went viral about, like, two people on the overground in London and they were right. having sex on the platform. Right. Do you remember seeing that? No. And it was just hysterical, really. Yeah. I mean, I think... it felt like it was really, like... Seven in the morning or something. <laughs> That's a bit much, isn't it? I mean, you just do it before you get on the on the train, surely. But I just wouldn't want, yeah, I just wouldn't want my mum to see that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing these days. Everyone's got a bloody camera in their pocket, haven't they? They can just film you. I don't. Yeah, I don't necessarily. I mean, it's always a bit weird when you kind of catch people trying to hide the fact that they're having sex in a public place. I don't so, think I've ever done that. Well, I Have was you caught someone at it. Well, yeah. Well, I was at a 
let's call it a um, a bathhouse. Mm. But it wasn't like a gay bathhouse where you probably expect people to have sex. It was like a straight public one. And and it was on one of their evening events. And there were two there were like a straight couple who were obviously having sex, but trying to kind of hide it but just being like very close with each other. But it was it was just kind of like really obvious that they were having sex in the pool. <laughs> Which again is probably not very hygienic at the moment to do. No, that. No. Um, <clears throat> and I think my hairdresser told me that he was at the cinema recently, and like the couple next to him were kind of doing sexual things, and it was putting putting him off watching the new Bond film. I think it would as well, yeah. actually, for me. Um, I mean, I don't want to watch the new Bond film. Mm. I would probably just be watching sex. <laughs> Yeah. I'll buy a ticket for that. Yeah. Uh, but then yeah, there's whole other places you can do that. Mm. Yeah. I do, you know, on Grinder, you quite often see people and they say, driving around in my van, come and have sex with me in the van. Mm. And I always think, oh, yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. Sometimes lorry drivers and stuff, yeah, isn't it? I've not done it. But I, no. I think it's on my bucket list. I know people that do. And obviously there's kind of cruising mm. and dogging, which where people are doing it outside. Mm. And again, I think it's like the risk factor, isn't it? Mm. Which is part of the excitement of doing it. Mm. But yeah, whether this guy should have sex in the airport, I don't know. I think I, w- I once left a um, copy of Grazia magazine in Helsinki uh, airport toilets mm. because my friend was coming there. I was very early flight and she was very early evening flight so i left it in the toilets in the hope that <laughs> she would pick, it, pick up. it up yeah and have a good read because i'd done with it by that point <laughs> do you know if Does she picked it up Did she, do you know if she picked it up yeah i haven't found that out yeah are you likening reading grazia magazine to having sex it's a very sexual experience <laughs> Britain's first weekly glossy. I know. I do <laughs> like a Grazia magazine. Mm. Yeah. It's probably more preferable these days. Mm. Yeah. Well, there you have it. We're done. End of the Queens of Agony section. And that's it. What do we do now? I don't know. <laughs> I've got another <laughs> bottle of wine in the fridge. Well, the, why don't you crack that open? Yeah. And then finally, you've got an Annette Curtain show coming out, haven't you? I have, yes. Tell us about that before we go, because this will come out before that happens. Okay, so um, my Annette Curtain show is a collaboration with my longtime collaborator, Ryan, and Ryan will be dressed as an elf, for those that are interested. <laughs> um, Lovely. Yeah, and it is on the 23rd. We're possibly opening it up to the 22nd, but we're seeing how ticket sales go, yeah. Okay. And it's just at my local pub called the Stag and Hounds. Great. Yeah. So it's Annette Curtin's Grotty Grotto. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it's songs and tunes and Christmas banter. <laughs> Christmas spoons. Yeah. <laughs> songs and tunes and Christmas spoons. Great. So that sounds fabulous. Yeah. So, Tommy, please say goodbye. Goodbye and good luck. Goodbye and good luck and whatever your Christmassy Christmas parties you're doing for the season. Enjoy and we will see you for our Christmas special on 
Boxing Day. You have been listening to What That Old Queen, written and presented by Tom Marshman and Bernie Hodges. The show was produced by Bernie Hodges for Hodge Podcasting in 2021. If you have a question for the old queens, or you'd like to be a guest, or you want to sponsor a show and give us lots of money, you can email hello at thatoldqueen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.